the Staff and Graph podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. Inlinks are salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. We are out here, folks. We are we are at the, well, at least I am, at the 2023 Stanley Cup Final in Las Vegas. Um, you made it! You, know, you made the wind, it! The Windy City, you know, the city that never sleeps. The, the Windy City, know, Chicago. <laughs> the, the Big Apple. You know, that's where we're at. But no, it's it's uh, Vegas is uh, it's what everyone everyone said it would be. It is nuts. It is consumerism at its core. I love it, man. It's it's great. This is cool. Are you broke yet? No, I haven't actually set foot in a casino yet. The the closest Good. I did was walk walking by a lot of slot machines on my way to Starbucks this morning um, and then waited about half an hour for my bagel to come. Um, but that was cool. That was fine. Uh, but yeah, don't yeah. go anywhere near the slot machines. No, I know. I believe me. I I've already been clear that like I my life is basically one big sort of uh, Murphy's law where if something bad can happen, it will. And yep. therefore, I don't have the luck to gamble and I don't have the I don't have the disposable income to throw around. So I what I'm going to do, though, and what I want to do is that we are here at the same time as the NBA finals as well. And I believe game two of the NBA finals is Sunday. And I very much want to go to the Caesars Sportsbook or the BetMGM Sportsbook and watch that game and just watch people lose their livelihoods in front of me. (laughs) Oh, you will enjoy that. There is, you and I are both um, people watchers. You have seen me people watch like a professional. Um, There is no greater place on earth to people watch than at a Vegas Sportsbook. The things like... My stepdad was there for Super Bowl, and the things that oh, the Super Bowl would be insane. Caesar Sportsbook during the Super Bowl are things you would never see before. People were throwing chicken wings at each other. Yeah, I'm surprised it doesn't happen on just a unbelievable behavior. It's funny (laughs) because it's funny because he's lying on the hotel bed behind me. But Ryan, Ryan Kennedy, our dear leader, our editor in chief, um, you know, praise our dear leader. Um, but he, uh, our, like he, yes, our guy, he, he was telling me on the way down here. Cause we were planning on going to the sports book that like he was at a sports bar in Vegas, yeah. uh, for the, just like to watch like a football game or something, um, like a Monday night football game during the, uh, uh, like the players media tour to start the year. Cause it was in Henderson slash Vegas, whatever. And, yeah. um, and people take it seriously, even at bars. Like there was a dude that was literally like dressed as like he, he looked like a friggin' defensive coordinator for the Chiefs watching like a Chiefs <laughs> game. He basically had like the visor and like the polo shirt and everything on. He just losing He's his Eric mind. The enemy. Exactly. Like he was literally like, well, like he could have just been holding up the the menu for the sports bar and looking exactly like Andy Reid. Like it was great. But I like that's what I love about Vegas is it's just like everything just seems to be cranked to like eleven here. Can like, you see just, why Rachel and Rachel's mom really enjoy Vegas? I can absolutely. I've only been <laughs> I've been here less than 24 hours and I I love it. Also, we are staying at like our hotel. Like I could yep. stumble out of bed and I'm at the front door of the rink. Like it is it is unbelievable. Oh, you're I know exactly what hotel you're staying at. Yeah, then. We okay. are literally like I could 
like like I like if I forgot my laptop or whatever in my room, like I could probably go back mid scrum, grab it and go back and the scrum wouldn't be over. Like it's 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 so convenient. It's great. Um, the first thing that happened uh, when we walked out because we went to go get dinner last night is some dude came up to me on the street, s- showed me a, a, a card and said, would you like to watch topless little people wrapped in bacon? And I and went, you no. Said- <laughs> and I went, no, thank you. And I moved on. And that's the first interaction with a Vegas local, I'm assuming, that I had. So we're off should to a I great start. My, should I expose my behavior? Were you that the person? The first time I went to Vegas? <laughs> were, did, were you behind that guy that, that nope, sent, it wasn't, that gave me that card? But, okay. So this is, I've been, I guess, holding this story in for a time you went to Vegas. Um, okay. I don't know if I've ever told you this. So... I went to Vegas uh, for my 21st birthday. My mom's rule is you're not allowed to go to Vegas till you're 21. But once you turn 21, she takes you all expenses paid. Damn. Everything. Can the show. I got I to get booze, adopted. All of it. But in Vegas, obviously for like safety reasons, they ID everybody. Yeah, of course. And because I'm Canadian and I also like I barely look 21 now. Um, I had to carry my passport around because I didn't have American ID. So my mom organizes a booth for um, my birthday party with, with like the group and whatever at Hakkasan, which is one of the big, big nightclubs in mm. Vegas. And Tiesto was playing and Martin Van Buren was playing that. Tiesto night. is still here, by the way. Yeah. Like, okay. So like there is still a residency. Yeah. yeah. So, so I bring my passport, whatever. I obviously get completely ruined. I leave my passport in the club. You're an idiot. I go upstairs. My cousin nearly gets in a fight with a man in the elevator because he's so drunk. We end up making it back to the room. I have no recollection of anything, but my mom has a picture of me passed out on the floor, just like completely ruined. The next morning we wake up. I also have a picture of the next morning. I was wearing sunglasses inside a dark room and the hotel phone rings. My mom picks up the phone and she goes, hello, is this Mrs. Dory? Yes. Mrs. Dory, do you have a daughter named Rachel? Yes, I do. Why? We have her passport. The oh. head of Hakkasan noticed her last name and brought it to the front desk. Because my mom is there on business like every three to four months. So they know my mom. Mm-hmm. So my passport was saved because my mom oh, has spent like over $3 million worth of company money at this place. <laughs> but I straight up lost my passport in Vegas. Yeah, you can never you can never like get on your high horse around me ever again. Like, nope. you, like <laughs> you are, you can never, you can, you can never call me incompetent ever again, Rachel. I know I'm the, I'm not, I know I'm the done person on the podcast, but holy smokes, that is a Mike Stevens thing to do. I straight up lost my passport and we may, depending on how I'm feeling, we may or may not make the picture of the morning after a Twitter post mm, because that'd be fun. it is, um, I couldn't eat my like peanut butter bread that morning because i couldn't pick it up because it was spinning damn like i straight up i was destroyed and then that night my mom's like hair of the dog like here's a malibu pineapple let's go and it worked that night what happens backstreet boys concert 
Mm. And then um, I don't know if you know what Thunder Down Under is. Yeah, I know. But it's, it. yeah. So, and then that. So you can imagine the behavior that I exhibited on that evening. <laughs> Damn. Well, I'm pretty sure the Backstreet Boys are still here. But <gasps> who's still here is the the Vegas Golden Knights. They're playing the Florida Panthers. Let's preview that series. We haven't we haven't actually previewed it yet on the show. Um, right. so let's do it. Basically, this when it comes to yeah, obviously these like you know people are talking about oh you know like the the non traditional hockey markets you know like blah blah blah. But like from a marketing standpoint, like from a a drama, but also just like personality off the ice, fun content type thing. This is a dream. This is awesome. Can I get, okay. I have a content suggestion for the NHL. Attach a GoPro. Okay. To Matthew Kachuk's head. Okay. And just get video while he's in Vegas. I want to see what he does. Like get a behind the scenes of the cup final because there's going to be off days and yes, they're focused, but there's going to be some, some fun had. And even then, like I want, you should attach a GoPro to your head or whoever, like somebody in media who's like known for having fun. That's not me. Okay. I'm a, I'm a boy scout. Like all you'll see is like, you'll just see like either Ryan's face or someone else. And then it'll immediately switch down to the meal I'm eating or the, <laughs> or the, or my laptop. Like it's, that's literally it. But okay. No, so we be... need to find like the most fun person in hockey media, attach a GoPro to their head just to see what they get up to in both Boca Raton and mm-hmm. in Vegas. Cause it's like, like, so Matthew Kachuk was on NBA TNT. Yeah. And he did a phenomenal job. Dude, he has that a profile was... in people magazine today. What? Did you, not, did you not see this? Yeah. No. There's a profile. He has like an exclusive profile in like People Magazine today. I'm not. He's not on the cover, but like it's like I I saw it on Twitter. It's it's remarkable. Like Matthew DeChuck just by being some like here's the thing about Matthew DeChuck too is like he's <laughs> like, fun, but he's not like he's not like the most pageantry centric person ever. He just he just like answers candidly and is and like seems to look like he's having fun. And he has done and just by that demeanor, he has improve the NHL's marketability during these playoffs like a, a hundredfold. It's Wait, crazy. crazy. Like Matthew Kachuk, it, he's definitely one of the elite players in the league. Absolutely. But he is not at the same level as like a Kale McCarr or a Connor McDavid. Or, he's getting like, there though. But he's coming like, well, no, I don't think anybody's in Connor McDavid's category. That's no, no, like no, no, no. A, a but you, you mentioned like Kale of- McCarr and stuff. And I'm like, I think he's, I think he's now in that echelon. Like, I think, I think he's he now just in... below. Like, to me, he's like, he's not top five, but he might be six. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I feel like there's, there, I feel like the echelon is like, obviously, like, I think Connor McDavid and maybe Leon Dreisaitl stand alone. And then below that, there's like the Austin Matthews, Kale McCarr, you know, Nikita Nathan Kucherov, McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon. And I think Matthew Duchuk is now in, I think he's now in that tier. See, like, I, I would have McCarr in the McDavid Dreisaitl tier and then the rest of them, so? like, yeah, like Makar is so disgusting. It's wild. I've but said he's I'm... the perfect modern defenseman before. Like I've said, he does everything you want a defenseman to do in the modern NHL. So Matthew Kachuk on NBA TNT, that's great for marketing. Like the reason so many people are like starved for this is because hockey hasn't had a star that is good looking and has a personality that's better than a wet paper bag 
Yeah, and, they haven't okay, had an elite Matthew guy who Kachuk can... isn't exactly a 10 out of 10. Like, he doesn't look like Tyler no, he's, Sagan. He's, he's hockey player hot, though. But he's... Yeah, okay, fine. Hockey player hot. Whatever. Like, he's attractive is what I'm saying. He's not unattractive, but he's also not, like, Ronaldo or, like, some Greek god. You know what I mean. But his personality and his fun, like, Brady Kachuk, too... I, you know what? That's who the GoPro needs to be on is Brady Kachuk. Yeah, no, Brady Kachuk. Um, I'm sure he'll be here. I'm going to try and oh my God, scope yeah. him you out. you got to hunt him down. But yeah. Matthew Kachuk's personality and that he's so good at hockey and so personable and that he's trading barbs with Charles Barkley and Shaq yeah. and Shaq's like peeing himself on the panel laughing. Like this is all fantastic. And it makes me so happy that – florida's in the cup final because like yeah they beat boston they beat toronto like whatever we all want like the best teams there and i think we can all objectively say florida's not one of the best teams in the nhl this year um but in terms of growing the game they've now created a star in matthew kachuk and i'm hoping that maybe we get some of that out of jack eichel in the finals now because he's got a personality like maybe we get something I like how Jack, yeah, Jack Eichel's got a personality, but I think he's got a personality in the sense of that he's like, he's almost kind of like hockey's Aubrey Plaza. Like he's just a very, he's got like a very like black cat type of like, he's always looking at you sassily or skeptically, you know, I think it's good. That yeah. meme of him where he's like this. Yeah. No, you know, yeah. Like that's what I'm, that's what I, I look at with, with Jack Eichel. Like that's basically his, his default. Uh, I feel like that's his default sort of expression in uh in, in scrums and I've, I've been in Jack Eichel scrums before and he like that is, that is maintained, but no, like it's man, I, I'm just, uh, I, I just love to see it. Like if you can, if you can strap the NA, like if you can get any sort of airtime or comparison or whatever to the NBA on TNT, because that is the best sports media show thing going on, right? Anything going on right now, multimedia um, you can do that. Let's talk about on the ice though. Um, because basically we have a team in Vegas who just scratched and clawed their way through the, the Dallas stars who gave them quite the, the physical, you know, beat down. And then we have mm-hmm. the Florida Panthers who haven't played hockey in like over a week. It feel I feel, yeah. it feels like forever since the Panthers have played actual hockey. Um, like, do you think that, what do you think the lay? Do you think the layoff is actually like a legit? Because this is the same thing that happened with Colorado last year. They swept the Oilers. They had a long layoff. Then they came out and they were guns blazing against the the Lightning, who had to go six games. It's the exact same situation as last year, where the Lightning went six games against their opponent. The Vegas Golden Knights went six games against their. Except it obviously the floor, floor has to travel on the road. What do you think the layoff is going to be like here? What do you think it'll I, have an impact? I think it's going to have more of an impact on Florida because with Colorado it didn't impact them as much because their goaltender wasn't hot, right? They were dependent on Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon, who are psychos. Um, and objectively, like if they were playing in this series, they would be the two best players in the series. Like, I don't think that's really even uh, up for debate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but when, with a goalie, like I remember talking to quite a few goaltending coaches about this. When a goalie's hot, it's important to be in a rhythm. So like every other day there's a game and every other day you're having a pregame nap and you're having the same meal. And so it kind of, you get it, you get yourself into this like sort of rhythm where everything becomes autopilot. And so you're not really thinking and, and that's when you play your best. Well, Sergei Bobrovsky is essentially the reason that the Panthers are where they are and his rhythm is most important. And the fact that 
he hasn't had that pregame skate rhythm and the, yep. the pregame meal, the pregame nap. I think that might be an issue. And if he is not good, that's going to be a big problem. Yeah. Um, I am not remotely concerned about Matthew Kachuk. I think he's going to be Matthew He's unflappable. Kachuk. Yeah. I think Sasha Barkov is the same way. Um, I would be a little bit concerned about guys like Sam Reinhardt, Sam Bennett, um, Carter Verhage, mm-hmm. who haven't really played. Like, Sam Reinhardt played in Buffalo. So this man literally has no idea what the playoffs are. Um, and so I think I would have a little bit more concern about um, those players and Bobrovsky just simply because goaltending is is goaltending. Um, whereas with Vegas, like Mark Stone's had deep runs. Um, obviously, Marcia So Smith, Petrangelo, Theodore, like they've all had deep runs. Martinez, they got a lot of like cup winners on that team. And they haven't, even though Aiden Hill's been really good, Vegas hasn't been over reliant on goaltending. And I think they can get away if Aiden Hill has like a 920. Whereas Florida will not get away with Bobrovsky having a 915. Yeah. Well, Aiden Hill is. 932 save percentage. He like he is the the least talked about part of the like he's the least talked about part of this um this whole thing. Like I'm gonna write about him eventually. Um, you know, like I have gets... a tidbit about Aiden Hill that I will tell you off the show. That is quite okay. Funny. Well, he like dude, the guy came out. He has more AHL games than AHL games played. He you know yeah. like he's he he was looked at as like having potential in Arizona, but then it's kind of like being flipped around and didn't stick. And he was like what the second third goalie to start the year, and then even like the second third goalie to start yeah. the playoffs, like crazy. And he has a nine thirty two save percentage in ten in ten appearances. He stopped eight goal eight. I believe it's eight point two goals above average. You know he is as much as Sergey Borowski is having like I think the second best stretch of goaltending in the analytics era. Like Aiden Hill is is inter- smaller sample size, um, but he is like sort of he, he's he's nipping at his heels, man. Like he is he is yeah. doing exactly that, and if he doesn't come in at the time he does. If they still have Brassois, or if they have to put in thing quick or whatever, Oof. like you, yeah, you're you, we're not. I'm not in Vegas right now. You know, I'm in friggin' like wherever. I'm Dallas. in Carolina. <laughs> um, yeah, like I think um, Bobrovsky is more important to Florida than Hill is to Vegas because absolutely I think depth is going to be the difference right I Bobrovsky's the 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 stir like the stop the straw yeah. that stirs the drink he's the Jenga piece that is keeping the whole tower afloat like if he goes down he's the straw the cup and the ice cubes yes like, exactly like he is the beverage you know <laughs> exactly and the liquor yeah um so I think yes there's like these Barkov and Stone are two of the best um two-way forwards in the game I think that's an interesting matchup but to me like the depth is going to be super important. Micah Matteo, um, they have like Phil Kessel in the press box. He is a depth scorer. Um, Brett Howden, um, I'm trying to think of off Nick Waugh. That like Vegas has guys in their bottom six that are what I like to call a problem. Yeah, they're just a straight up problem because they, they come out of nowhere, they're, man. They're fast. They score, and also they're enormous. And Sam Bennett may have been able to get away with stuff against Toronto and Carolina because he just was. That is just not going to fly when you're going up against the likes of Nick Haig, Petrangelo, McNabb, Theodore, and then Vegas's bottom six. It will not be the case because you're going to have to answer for it. 
And so I think there's a little bit of that. So for I think Vegas, I'm going to say Vegas in six. And I think it's going to be like a, a tightly contested six. You know what, man? It's I'm I'm going I'm I've I've said Vegas in seven. Um, I think it's going to be very tight. I think I think Bobrovsky is going to keep this up. Like he's just I know that the the rhythm somewhat has been interrupted, but he's still sort of in that zone. Um, but man, like mm-hmm. I love Vegas's roster. Like I lo- I really yeah. do like Florida's roster, and I think that their physicality obviously is a big thing that's keeping them here. But like they haven't faced a team since Boston, really, and even then Boston was kind of injured. Um, their goalie was injured (laughs) yes but like has the ability well even like guys like Bergeron was playing with like Grievous he missed that series and so was so was David Krejci but like they like Vegas like friggin Alex Petrangelo is like a 26 minute a night right shot top pair guy and he just tried to amputate Leon Dreisaitl's arm a couple weeks ago like he's not going to take crap same with that like I'm excited to see like a Nick Haig you know, Sam Bennett net front battle or what it's going to be like when, you know, like Mark Stone or Jack Eichel or any of the guys try and get in the crease with Radko Gudis is going to be a very physical series. And I'm wondering what the officiating oh. will be like, because special yep. teams is because when you say they're not going to be able to get away with it, well, in the, in the, like in the cup final, that's Murder the is legal. Well, they're either going to call everything or nothing. There really isn't a middle ground here. Like, and they're and calling so, like, nothing and we know it. Yes. But even last year, like I remember in the first couple of games of the cup final, like they called everything. And it, I was like, what? Like there were so many power plays, but then as the series went on, as it does all the time, they just were like, all right, it's the purge. Like, let's go. And, uh, it's the purge. you know, and, and, and it, it worked that way. The purge is upon us. The purge is upon us. Like the little frigging siren came on and, and, uh, there, no, but I, I do, I do like Vegas for this, but there is something to the magic that Florida, like there really is something to vibes and just being around Florida. Like I was, you know, in their, in their locker room, whatever, during the, during that first round series or the second, the, the second round series versus the Leafs. Um, and then even towards the end of the season, because they played the Leafs a couple times, I, I was able to see that. Uh, um, in, yeah. in, in, it's just, uh, uh, there, there is something to vibes and they, they but, really, yeah. they have this magic. And I do think that it might not be able to win them the series and ultimately the cup, but I do think it will push this closer than a lot of people think. All right. All right. Yeah, I think you and I are on aligned. It's going to be a tight so series. You're, so you're Vegas in six. I'm Vegas in seven. There we go. Who's Con Smythe for you? Before we uh, move Bo- on to our next topic, Bobrovsky. Yeah, actually, I made that prediction on the THN pod the other day, where I'm like, Vegas is going to win in seven, but Bobrovsky is going to get the the Con Smythe. Yeah, and I, I have be, a yeah. Bobrovsky Con Smythe ticket from round two. Damn, that's going to be a nice payout, I believe. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, let's move on to. A couple of GM hirings, uh, some musical chairs, if you will. Um, let's Whee! start with let's start with the center of the hockey universe, Toronto Maple Leafs. Yep. They hire uh, uh, they hire heir to the Boston Pizza fortune, um, the Kendall Roy of the Boston Pizza family of the Pizza family, if you will. Um, Brad Tree Living, uh, yep. you know he is he is the new GM. Obviously, you know was in Calgary for since 2014 up until leaving this year because of ownership and coach and whatnot, um, but. It seems like, and you know, I, I, you know, I was en route to Vegas, so I wasn't able to be at the press conference itself. But um, it seems like I know I'm just uh, I, like literally my boss is here and he's fire me um, because of that. I know I am. I'm telling Graham. Yeah, tell Graham, wrap me <laughs> up, go for it. Um, 
yeah, he definitely said a lot of really, you know, groundbreaking things that you needed to be there to, to talk about. Uh, yes. Um, no, but I, I, I've, I've noticed just from the public perception, everyone was very low, obviously, on Brad Trill. I think it just seems like another hockey man, whatever. But after his mm. press conference, people seem to have been somewhat won over by him. What do you think? Okay, so uh, Bradtree Living is, I believe, the only GM who can say this. He doesn't need to work in hockey or, frankly, at all. He is an epic. Um, right, because if, if Bradtree Living decided I would like to put my feet up for the rest of my life, I, his family's worth a billion dollars, like, he'd be fine. But I think it says a lot about Bradtree Living that one, he didn't lean on his father to like just get him immediately a job. He worked up through Columbus, then Arizona, then Calgary. And and like he's kind of come up. He wasn't just like hired immediately in an executive role. I think there's something to be said for that work ethic. I really enjoyed his sense of humor. I think that's going to serve him really well in the Toronto market. Um, I think, I mean, when, when it, kind of became obvious that Gillis wasn't going to be the option. Mm-hmm. I think that we said a couple of podcasts ago that if tree living, if they were convinced of tree living off the hop, they would have just hired him. Yeah. I think the meetings that they had with others and the, the conversations that Brendan Shanahan had around the league probably led him to the tree living um, decision. And I mean, his mid tree living's mid round draft record is one of the best in the league. He's really good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, he can't sit at the draft table, but he's still allowed to attend draft meetings and set the vision. Like, I want skill players. I want X. Also, the Leafs only have three picks right now. They have a first he's round. Still, he's still allowed to make trades. Like, he yeah, can sit in the suite and make deals from there. Like, there are phones wired in in the same way they are on the draft floor to the suite. How do you think the GMs call their analytics departments? Like, that's how. So. I think that's going to be um, one side of it. The other side is everything I know and have heard about Bradtree Living is that he's always had somebody above him who's had the final say, similar to Brendan Shanahan, like he had Brian Burke. Um, so some of his long-term contracts haven't been great. But if you look at some of the contracts that were signed, a lot of those are maybe would go against analytics and he's never had a robust analytics department. He didn't have one in mm-hmm. Calgary. He certainly didn't have one in Arizona and Toronto spends the most money on analytics in the league. And so he's going to have like, I know for a fact there's somebody with a PhD working for the Toronto Maple Leafs research and development department. There's at least one. Um, you think and the Arizona so Coyotes gonna... know what analytics are? Uh, they do you think they might. know what it is? Do you think they know what it is? They might, but like not at the same level. <laughs> okay. Um, I so I think for, like I look at it and I go, Bradtree Living's gonna have access to tools and resources that he hasn't previously had access to. He's shown he's got a pretty decent trade record. Like, I mean, we can go through some of them, but I think he deserves a chance to put his own stamp on the team and use the resources that he's going to have access to before everybody starts yelling and screaming yeah i think look i think this is a very just inoffensive hire like i do think that i like i do think on not stan bowman (laughs) yeah but i think i just think like obviously i i think the Leafs would be better suited if kyle dubas was still at the helm um 
you know, he's built the team into one of the best yep. into into one of the best just like rosters in the league for, you know, like his entire tenure, three, the three most successful regular seasons in Leafs history came during his five year tenure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I just think that there's just an overall vision that he set and that everyone was sort of aligned with from him down. Um, obviously there were tweaks that needed to be made. I think Keith still needs to go. It doesn't seem like that's going to happen now, at least in the initial sense, when the Leafs go on their inevitable, you know, 10 games, terrible stretch to open the season next year, Keith will get fired. That's my prediction. Um, and they do that every single year. And we all freak out because we're all freaking goldfish. Who so have no let me ask you a question. What? I'm going to give you two options and you only get two. There is no highway option. Okie doke. Sheldon Keefe returns as coach. Option A. Okay. Option B. Sheldon Keefe is let go. And Joel Quinville is hired. Sheldon Keefe returns as coach. Okay. I just, Without because I see a lot of people being like, Sheldon Keefe needs to go. And I'm like, just so you know, like, you might not like who the guy coming in is. But should we talk about some of the trades? Because I feel like the Austin yeah, yeah, Matthews and Mitch Marner yeah. situation sort of pressing. Well, it, it does seem like the thing is he did say, you know, like it's not it's about the team. It's not about the core four, but he's fiercely like protective that. of his. He's, yeah, I like that, too. He's fiercely protective of his players. He's already going to meet with Austin Matthews in Arizona. I believe uh, Keith also lives in Arizona during the offseason. So he's able to meet with him, you know, yada, 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 all that. Like I like I said, I just think this is a very offensive, uh, inoffensive hire. I think he's a, he's like, you know, he's proven that he can be a capable NHL GM, um, you know, like he, he'll he'll keep the ship going. Um, but it, and it does seem like the core four is coming back at least for, you know, one last ride, if you will. Um, but yeah, if you look at his, at his trades, he does seem to be able to, to swing some good stuff in or to swing some, some good returns in some pretty hairy situations. Like for example, he was able to land, um, like Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannafin who are, you know, very good. Um, but uh, uh, when it seemed like for some reason, Dougie Hamilton just wasn't fitting there. It seemed like it was the whole museum thing. People didn't like him. And then Adam Fox wasn't going to resign. Um, so he was able to get Lindholm and Hannafin who are two, you know, very good players for them for two players who, uh, you know, like, as seems to be the case in Calgary a lot, didn't want to be there. Well, and if you look at it, Dougie Hamilton walked from Carolina. So they got nothing yep. in return. And they got two seconds for Adam Fox and neither one of them have played in the NHL. So he's in between a rock and a hard place with Adam Fox and extricates value. Then you go to last mm. summer. Matthew the biggest Kuchuk gun to the head you can a, get. Yeah, basically puts a bazooka to the yeah. guy's head and says, I don't want to be here. And he still gets two star caliber players, a first round pick and Cole Schwint, who I think is going to be an NHL player for a long time. Mm-hmm. That I remember when that trade happened. Just because Matthew Kachuk's in the Cup final doesn't make that a bad trade. The fact he got anything of value, he got a over 100 point player and a guy who was in the conversation for the Norris Trophy for mm. a guy who everybody knew. And a first and a decent prospect. Yeah, for a guy who everybody knew wasn't going to be in Calgary. I think that's fantastic work. Yeah. And I think the most underrated part of this entire hiring and something that I have learned growing up to be super important is there is nobody in the national hockey league who knows, who knows boardroom politics 
like Bradtree Living because of who Brad's father is. Well, his so dad Bradtree hosts a Living, show. His dad hosts a show <laughs> that is literally a reality show about boardroom politics. Yeah, and Bradtree Living, when you grow up in like my obviously Mike knows the situation I grew up in. Mm-hmm. When you grow up around high level executives you know how to talk to these people. You're not intimidated by them. You're not intimidated Mm -hmm. by a situation. So like I can go and talk to the owner of a specific team that I won't name. And to me, he's just a guy I've known since I was two years old. And Bradtree Living's kind of in that same spot. The CEO, the CFO of Rogers, Bell, Larry Tannenbaum are not going to intimidate him. First of all, Every single person on that board is worth less money mm-hmm. than the tree living family with the exception of Larry Tannenbaum and like maybe Ed Rogers, but like also his money's in stocks. So that's not the same. Being yeah. able to deal with those people, especially when there's like succession happening at Rogers is going to be a really key piece in this. He knows how to talk to them. He knows how to deliver a message. I think that's going to be really important. They're literally, by the way, just so people know, there literally is like, real life succession playing out in Rogers and, and, and to just illustrate that point, I believe it was, I don't, okay. I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to put like the, uh, you know, that evil on whoever it was, cause I'm not sure who ordered it, but one of the Rogers family ordered a cameo from Brian Cox who plays Logan Roy to, to say, you know, congratulations on winning your, uh, you know, we're just not like, going to name the person. I don't, we're not I don't, naming I, them. I, I, no, no, I don't like, want to get don't, sued. Yeah. Exactly. And I don't want to say it was one person. It's not, but like it came out where like the person literally like ordered, I believe it was like five grand it takes to, to yes. order a cameo from Brian Cox, but literally like to get him as lo- in character as Logan Roy to say like, congratulations on winning your power struggle with a big F off, you know, in Logan Roy talk, like it is legit like happening over there. So the fact that, that true living has that it, it's good. Look, he's not perfect. He has nope. had he has signed some pretty difficult contracts. That Coleman deal is not great. Blake Coleman contracts not doing too great. Like you know, they're just like he just seems to overcommit to uh, 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 to depth players, um, or like he he does he he seems to do somewhat of the the Ken Holland, you know, too much term for a guy who you could probably replace for on like a league min deal. Like he goes for name brand. I always like, I always sort of uh, uh, like, like you sign like a, a guy for a Ferrari price that should be being paid a Chevrolet price. Well, I always look at it as like, because my mind goes to snacks. Like when I'm going to like, you know, shoppers or whatever, just for like a snack run. And I'm like, Oh, I really want tortilla chips. And I look at the, I look at the, the aisle and Blake Coleman is like the Tostitos. We're like, yeah, it's name brand and all that. It's got the flashy packaging and it's like five bucks a bag. And then I look at the like PC brand. They just, friggin' slap the label on it, whatever. And it's like 250 per bag. And that's that's like, you know, a guy who could potentially they could basically, you know, accomplish the exact same thing. Yeah, I think I, that, you I, know what I'm gonna pay 250 for the the no name bag opposed to the Tostitos because they're gonna accomplish the same thing. They're gonna shovel salsa in my mouth very well and it's gonna be uh, they're gonna taste relatively the same and it's gonna be like half the price and i feel like he's i feel like he has what does doubled- it say about me that you went to this example and the first thing was like i could buy a yeah. purse or i could no, buy I a guest that purse. just shows the difference between us but i was like but i'm like i feel like Bradtree <laughs> living when it comes to free agent signings has given a has paid a lot of money for tostitos when he should be going for like no name brand tortilla chips you know and it just 
just seems no that name way. brand tortilla chips i exactly. like it that's the I that's the like, name of the pod right there boom there we no, go no name brand tortilla right, chips now should free we talk advertising about the man he replaced absolutely uh yeah cal dubas he uh, uh 15 minutes i believe before the uh the track the bradtree living introductory press conference happens um the pittsburgh penguins announced that cal dubas has uh joined their front office and ascended to the role of president of hockey operations exactly what he wanted all along it seems like a perfect fit it seems like it was you know a long time in the making i had heard and we had heard you know a very like before the regular season even ended that um that, that i think the first time you and i talked about this was my birthday yeah it was like and March. like no, like I, I was born oh, no, at the no. end of January. No, I know. Like, no, but the first time I heard about it, or no, was it January? Yeah, it was like you a and very I long... remember you and I talked about this off air because of some things that I was doing in my yes. career. It was before it was. I remember it was before the trade deadline that Fenway Sports Group was putting the uh, the full court press on Dubas as much as they could, and it just seemed like it was kind of inevitable if you were to leave and then all this happened. But it was a long winding road. It ended up the way it, the way it happened to. And look. I think he is the perfect guy to to usher this next because he, if one you can say anything you want about Kyle Dubas, but what he's very good at is getting is signing is filling out the margins of a roster with players who are making very little money who can who can overperform their value and believe me if the Pittsburgh Penguins to fit around their cap crunch right now because they have a massive one they would love to build their roster with you know, five or six other Michael Buntings who make 900 grand for two years exactly. you know, and produce at like a 60 point pace. Like he, you know, you can say what you will about him. He's not, he's far from a perfect executive. Every executive is far from a perfect executive, but he is definitely one of the best. And, he, and he, his strength seems to be exactly what Pittsburgh needs right now. Yeah. So um, FSG is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to choose my words very carefully um fsg is is a conglomerate that is a little bit different than mlse but has some similarities so they own um liverpool and if you don't know what liverpool is google is a thing uh, everyone knows should, what liverpool yeah, is you should probably know they everyone own liverpool knows. and they own the boston red sox mm-hmm. um hence fenway in their name yeah fenway um and they target FSG as a company, never mind the teams, target analytical people to be in their business. And analytics and data, they do a lot of data-driven decision-making. And if you now look at who the uh, technical director, who's effectively the GM for Liverpool is, and you look at who the uh, GM is of the Boston Red Sox, and now you look at the, the man heading up the hockey department for the Pittsburgh Penguins, all three gentlemen are very big data-driven decision makers. The other thing FSG does is they hire those people and then they let them do their thing. Once FSG brings in their people and they trust them in the the way that they're going to trust Kyle because he's their guy, whereas they took Burke and Hextall on from before. Yeah. um, Kyle is going to have full autonomy and he's going to be able to do things that are data driven and he's going to have the robust analytics department like you can bet that the outlay for analytics 
in the Pittsburgh Penguins front office is about to skyrocket. Yeah. Right. And so they had interest in Dubas dating back to January, but they didn't only have interest in Dubas from a hockey perspective. Dubas is a massive soccer guy. Um, and yes, he supports Man City, but FSG was keen on Dubas from a process perspective as opposed mm-hmm. to just a hockey perspective. Um, and so I think it'll be interesting to see what moves he makes with that full control because he's got the support of the people at the top. Yeah, I'm interested. And, and the thing is, too, is he's got to hire GM. And I wonder who's that, who that's going to be. It seems he like said he's not hiring him until July. Like yeah, after free wants agency. To, I can see that. Cause like, what's a new GM going to do now? Like, like there's going to be so many restrictions that it's not even going to be worth it. Exactly. So you might as well just wait and, and have a guy moving forward. But like, I, it seems like this is going to be perfect because he's able to sort of set the, like, obviously as a poho, you're doing a lot more of like the business side of things. You're, you're, you know, you're talking with management, you're doing that. You're doing the thing that he wanted to do in Toronto, which is be able to present to the board, be able to be the, that sort of conduit. Um, And when it comes to the actual legwork, the thing that seemed to really strain his family, he doesn't have to do that as much. You know, he doesn't have to be the guy who's traveling everywhere. He doesn't have to be the guy who's, you know, grinding away all the time. He's able to delegate that to the guy he hires. So I'm very interested to see how that goes. Um, before we wrap up, Rachel, just a couple of, of things here, basically. Uh, we want, I, I guess we want to end on the, on the, the, the narrative that Dubas is a fraud. Cause he said he, he definitely doesn't have the appetite to, uh, to go anywhere, but Toronto, you know? Um, and I, as I tweeted yesterday, that went out the window when his boss heard him speak publicly about the mental toll that the job took on him and decided on his drive home that he didn't think, Dubas was all in enough to, to do the job that went out the window. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So if you are someone out there, Sid Sixero, maybe who is saying that Kyle Dubas is a fraud, um, you're wrong straight up. Sorry. Like, yeah, he wanted to come back to the Maple Leafs and was fired. So you can't be mad at him for then not only finding another job, but a better job. That's like saying I'm angry that the Leafs traded Nick. I'm angry at Nick Robertson for asking for a trade because he didn't get the opportunity he desired in Toronto. Like, I'm sorry, but you don't, you're not allowed to be mad about that. Yeah. And well, like if you, you're not allowed to get mad at your ex when you dump them for moving on, like it's straight up. Like you're not allowed to, you're not, you're not allowed to break up with someone in a pretty like dramatic way. And then when they find someone new after you've already moved on as well, you're not allowed yeah, to, be get mad to be mad at You're not allowed to be to be mad at them and start listening to Taylor Swift songs. I'm sorry. It's just you're not allowed. It's not it's it, you're you're not emotionally valid in that sense. So Yeah, you don't get to yeah. you don't get to keep somebody like a secret and expect them to keep you like an oath. That's not how that Boom, works. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. I will be interested to see though because he is poho. Yeah, he's got full control. Who is who he's going to bring? Because he can promote people from Toronto. I think Wes Clark's Jason a name. Um, so this is the last thing I wanted to talk about. Yeah. FSG can do and and it is possible. I haven't I'm not gonna say FSG's done it, but I know somebody a company who has. When a conglomerate owns a bunch of teams and they don't want to ask for permission to yeah. speak to somebody working for a team, they could go to a team that's employed by a team and say, FSG wants to hire you and you're going to be doing Liverpool and you're going to be doing Red Sox and you're going to be doing Penguins. 
and the NHL can't stop that because that's a com- that's completely different company. You are working for FSG versus um what uh the Pittsburgh Penguins. So I'll give you an example. When I worked in Vancouver, there are two conglomerates. There is Canucks Sports and Entertainment, and mm. then there is Vancouver Canucks Hockey Operations Limited. Yeah. I was employed by Vancouver Canucks Hockey Operations Limited, which did not preclude me from interviewing with non-hockey companies overseas. And mm. it doesn't preclude me from interviewing for the Toronto Raptors or Toronto FC or whoever else. It precludes me from interviewing with the Toronto Maple Leafs. But if MLSE says, hey, we have an R&D position that's with the conglomerate, they don't have to ask for permission for anything. And so if FSG wants to hire somebody like Spezza or whoever, FSG can do it. And as long as it's a general thing, there is really nothing that the Toronto Maple Leafs can do because it is separate. Yeah, it's it's corporate, uh, you know, espionage. It's corporate loopholes. Yeah, you got to love it. You got to love it, Rachel. All right, well, I do have to run to media day, um, but I Are, think we covered- Mike is going to go ask Gary Bettman. What is your question to Gary Bettman? Give me one teaser. Bettman's is tomorrow, so I have my I have my chance to, you know, be Eminem in 8 Mile and write my, write my rap battle tonight and then uh and then drop it on him tomorrow but it'll be look it'll be a blast yeah so i have to run to, to media day but this was a blast this was fun um obviously we'll be back on uh it, we might have to push just because i'm not sure uh I, I believe we're flying out pretty early on monday um so we might have to we'll, we'll talk schedule off the podcast uh, uh about the next episode but basically we'll keep you updated also on the hockey news ryan and uh kennedy and i will be doing um like just 10 minute you know like post game podcast reactions video slaps podcast will go up wherever um just for us and to, mike's gonna be doing taking doing, video for social media and posting it on our staff and graph account yeah and, and also and also tiktok as well for for on the thn tiktok we're doing a series called eat the cup where ryan and i will review everywhere we go to eat on the road media meals restaurants everything so be a lot of it. fun so We've got a lot of fun stuff coming at, at, at you. So obviously, you know, thehockeynews.com is, is where to find that for the podcast, thehockeynews.com slash podcast or any podcatcher out there. Uh, and Rachel, I will talk to you soon. Sounds good, buddy. Enjoy. <laughs>